stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Allies called for restraint and de-escalation. A new conflict would be in no one's interest. That was the Secretary General of NATO today calling for restraint with tensions mounting sharply between the U.S. and Iran. Uh, So this NATO training mission in Iraq, which Canada, of course, is a part of, is on hold for now amid all of this tension. A lot of uncertainty as to what it's going to mean now going forward for Canadian troops in the region. And our government has been awfully quiet. It was a statement from the Foreign Affairs Minister about a conversation he had with his uh, with his counterpart in Iraq. We really haven't heard anything from the prime minister who has apparently returned to Ottawa from his Costa Rican vacation, but has been remarkably silent on this whole situation. On top of that NATO mission in Iraq being suspended, of course, you got the Iraqi parliament voting and what for now is, I guess, kind of a ceremonial vote, but to kick U.S. and coalition troops out of Iraq. You've got the U.S. president now threatening to bomb cultural sites in Iran, which, of course, would be a war crime. So there's a lot of reasons at the moment to be concerned about the situation where it's all going. But at at the heart of it all is the death of Qasem Soleimani and the targeted attack on this Iranian general. And let's not lose sight of who this guy was. Let's not shed any tears over his death. Uh, certainly he had it coming. And certainly to me anyway, it would appear as though this was lawful and justified on the Americans' part. Whether it was a wise decision, well, that's a different kind of question. Anyway, joining us for some thoughts on all of this, where things go from here, very pleased to welcome to the program our friend Terry Glavin, author, journalist, columnist, uh, more from him at mcleans.ca. Terry, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's interesting because I, I think one can be of the position that, A, it's good that Soleimani is dead, but that, B, maybe taking him out wasn't the wisest decision at this point. But where, where do you come down on that? Um, I'm not uh, one of those people who uh, is in favor of uh, stability. Yeah. Um, there is no such thing as stability in the Middle East, um, certainly not in the orbit of Qassam Soleimani and the uh, Quds Force, which is the overseas operation of the um, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Um, in Canada, we regard Iran as a state sponsor of terror, and we have specifically listed the Quds Force which Qassam Soleimani led uh, as a terrorist organization, right? So the Quds Force and its numerous militias, its proxy militias in Iraq, are our enemy. They have been all along. They were before uh, Trump whacked Qassam Soleimani, and they uh, are now afterwards. Um, The the sort of status quo in uh, the region with specific reference to the Quds Force, is an ongoing uh, war against uh, the peoples of Iraq, Iran, Lebanon, Syria, and Yemen that has been waged by the Quds Force and the Khomeinists in Tehran uh, for some long while now. Mm-hmm. Um, Bashar Assad is essentially a possession of the Quds Force, the uh, war in, in, in against the people of Syria, 
which has taken more than 500,000 lives in the last 10 years. Um, overwhelmingly, those deaths are attributed to uh, the strategy implemented by uh, Qassam Soleimani. So the question, and, you know, we've been sort of playing around with this and, 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 and uh, you know, sort of doffing our caps to Iran to the extent that they're a UN member state. Um, the question now is, how seriously do we take the, uh, the Iraqi parliament um, in, in its decision? It was, you know, a ceremony, you say ceremonial, it was indeed a non-binding resolution. It was, all re- it was also a meeting that was boycotted by all of the Sunni and the Kurdish uh, parliamentarians. The uh, these militias, uh, the proxy militias of the Quds Force in, in in Iraq, have in the past couple of years formed their own political parties. They've elected people to the Iraqi parliament, um, and you know the the sort of spectrum of Shia and Sunni uh, people and uh, their political class um, in Iraq uh, see themselves kind of trapped. On the one hand, you know, they've got these gangsters in Tehran that have been uh, beating the crap out of them for the past few years. And on the other hand, they've got Trump that they've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the middle of all of this, you've got the NATO training mission. Um, and the NATO train. there's two chains of command that the Americans have in and around Iraq. And there's two chains of command that the Canadians have as well. Um, we are joined at the hip as are, I think, 28, 29 other countries with the Americans in the NATO training mission in Iraq. It's possible that if things get, get you know, out of hand and the demand, you know, accelerates that the Yanks get out of the country, uh, NATO will be forced to decide whether or not it wants to stick around, the NATO countries. There's no reason why that could not happen. Um, a NATO training mission uh, in our guys are mainly in Erbil. There's about 250 of them. Um, there's no real reason, sort of logistically and politically, why the NATO training mission could not continue um, if the Yanks are gone. Whether or not we would have the, the, the metal to persist, because, you know, the fact of the matter is. Uh, the Quds Force wants everybody out yeah. of Iraq except for themselves. Um, you know, the, the, the question becomes very dodgy. Does Iran really want to, uh, would, would Iran really want to turn its fury on the Netherlands and France and uh, Britain and Finland? And there's other, there's actually non-NATO countries also that are involved in the training mission, which is led by a Canadian general. Uh, Jenny Carignan, and was formerly led by a Canadian general. Um, so that, I think, is the thing that's kind of the cards that are up in the air right now, uh, from a Canadian, more sort of from a Canadian point of view. Yeah. What, what do you make of the fact that uh, our government has been relatively quiet on this? In fact, we, we've heard nothing at all from, from the Prime Minister about this well, situation. Well, thank God for that. Well, perhaps, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to be uncharitable, um, but, you know, one thing that, uh, a number of things, actually, that, that Justin Trudeau shares with Donald Trump is a, uh, you know, a, a terrible habit of saying things that 
are incendiary and stupid, even when they're not intended to be. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to make of this cultural sites business, by the way. If you look at what he actually said, he said, uh, you know, we've got 52 American hostages back in the day, so we're going to whack. We've got 52 sites that we've listed. And he said something about cultural sites in, in, in the enumeration. Uh, that could mean anything. I mean, I don't know if it means anything at all. It just could be him sounding off because Trump does that. Right? He's a windbag. Um, it could mean, you know, Ayatollah Khomeini's mausoleum. I mean, the, the you know, the, the Khomeinists consider that an important cultural site. I don't think most <laughs> most of our friends in Iran would consider that a particularly important cultural site. So who knows what this means, right? It's Trump. I mean, nobody can figure out the guy. Everybody, you know, the, the thing I think we have to remember about Trump is that he doesn't care if the Americans are driven out of Iraq. He'll say, thank you very much. That has been my plan all along. He has absolutely no intention of, uh, of asserting American force, American troops, American treasure in uh, developing some sort of peace in the Middle East, have absolutely no intention of doing that, no interest in it whatsoever. He's as much, I mean, he didn't win the, you know, Code Pink's uh, pink badge of courage uh, for nothing. Um, You know, he wants troops out of Syria. He wants troops out of Iraq. He wants to wash his hands of the whole thing. He's happy to deal with uh, dictators and oligarchs. Doesn't bother him at all. And I think, you know, that's something that really we have to keep foremost in mind is that this guy is not George W. Bush. Um, He's not one of these feared and loathed neocons that we always hear about. Uh, He wants out, and he doesn't care. And, um, you know, there are some countries in NATO that actually genuinely do care about some kind of um, stability in Iraq. But um, with the, the difficulty is without American firepower, you're not going to see it. And by the way, and Tara, I want to ask you this too. I mean, you mentioned the, the Khomeinists. Uh, we saw some quote-unquote anti-war rallies over the weekend. Right. And look, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are genuinely anti-war, but really what we saw was almost a morning uh, of, of Soleimani. It was a shrine briefly uh, on the steps of the Alberta legislature, for example. What, what, do, what do you make of all that? Well, I think, you know, this is one of these conversations that Canadians don't want to have, isn't it? Um, The Toronto situation was particularly grotesque. You know, initially you had, and this is obviously represents the majority of Iranian Canadians, you had people in Toronto celebrating um, uh, uh, Soleimani's killing. Uh, And then uh, last night you had uh, a bunch of Khomeinists out there. You also had a demonstration where two Ontario New Democrats uh, joined arms and were singing <laughs> with these Khomeinists under Hezbollah banners. I mean, this is something that I think, you know, is a really important thing for Canadians to start getting their heads around, is that, uh, you know, if there was a Ku Klux Klan rally in Toronto with, you know, guys showing up in white hoods and neo-Nazis and so on and a couple of NDP uh, MPPs were there singing songs with them. That would sort of, people would take notice, it seems yeah. to me. But uh, you have, you know, people who are 
open advocates of a theocratic, fascist, war criminal, mass murdering regime. Um, and it's like, oh, wow, we're anti-war, man. Peace out. Uh, this is, you know, there's a real problem in um, Canadian political culture in comprehending um, what is going on in the world and has been going on for some long time now. Um, Wait a second. Did we lose you there, Terry? That's unusual. Terry, you still there? Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, we're just wrapping things up anyway there, but uh, some interesting thoughts from Terry Glavin. You can read more from him at mcleans.ca on how we got here and where this all goes from here. And as he writes, Americans are perfectly entitled to loudly ponder whether their current president has just kicked off World War III. But millions of Syrians and Iraqis are already enduring something very much like a world war, thanks in no small part to the previous American president, Barack Obama. This is awkward, but it is no less true. More at McLean's.ca. All right, we got much more to get to on the program here this afternoon. Our number, 403-974-8255-974-TALK. This is Afternoons on 770-CHQR. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770-Calgary.